Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Anna van der Breggen spent close to a decade as a professional rider, in which time she won the Olympic road race in Rio, the World Championship twice, the Giro Rosa three times, and more one day in classic races than even she can remember. On this podcast, she talks to Rouleur's Rachel Jarry about bringing her experience and tactical skills to a new job as sports director for the SD Works team. And Steve Cummings tells us about his steep learning curve at Ineos Grenadiers. This is Ruler Conversations, brought to you by Lacquer, bicycle insurance powered by the community. I know, like, I guess... You've come to the end of like a pretty amazing career and I suppose now you have some time to reflect because before you're always thinking about the next race, the next thing. So, yeah, have you had some time to think about the gravity of what you've achieved and what your career has been for you? Uh, yeah, pretty much. But I think also already my, my final year was gave, gave me some time to think about it and to um, yeah still enjoy the races I had. Because I, yeah, you know, it, it would be the final season. And um, I think when you realize, you also enjoy more the racing you do. Um, even if it's maybe not for the podium or it's still you realize it's going to be my final season and the final races I do. So actually, the yeah, the whole year gave me some time to look back and to realize what you're doing, where you are going, what kind of life I had and... Um, yeah, which was was nice actually because you, like you say, you don't do it that that much when you are still aiming for for wins in different races. And um, I think everybody should make some time for it. And but it's not how it works. I mean, if you if you reached one goal, the, the next one is coming up. So sometimes it's it's easy to say, but you forget and you don't think about it. So um, yeah, my final season was was nice also for. Looking back on the years I had. I guess it was maybe slightly different season for you in that in some races you were playing the team role, almost um, being a bit of a road captain, helping Demi Vollering, who's like a big talent. Um, do you enjoy, did you enjoy that? Like kind of, give, I guess you were in some ways giving back to the team in, in your last season. Yeah, I mean, it was nice to do and it's nice to be able to do it because it means that your teammates are also strong and can win races. Uh, it's, it's not like... I gave up everything myself just to to help them. It's also because they were strong enough to win the race, and and at at some point they their chance of winning the race was bigger than my own. So then it's it's great to be able to help them and to still have that that team victory. But then yeah, for the young girls in the team, uh, so that's I think that's the best of cycling when 
everybody get their chance and, and you see them growing and having that first win maybe or that, that big race where you can go for for the best result you ever had. And and for myself, I mean, I, I won most races and it feels sometimes um, you only can lose the race. I mean, if you win, it's nice, but the chance is bigger that you lose. So that's different for, for the young girls who are still yeah gaining every race and who are still so excited just to be on the, the podium or just to... Even with the top 10 place, you can be so happy with, with it. And yeah, that that's something I think you realize when you do more races and when you won more races, that it's special to to be better every race. Yeah, I guess the fact that you can like have options in your team, you have like riders like Demi and the younger riders like Nee Fisher-Black, Anna Shackley, you know, there's so many options. Do you think that the kind of strength in depth in the women's peloton has has expanded a lot since you started racing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, if I look back on how I started, even without a power meter and uh, without many things, and the bunch was smaller, the level was lower. And that's different now. Like, if you're not, not the best you've ever been, it, it's difficult to win these races. And there are so many strong girls and also young girls who are... Yeah, maybe not not there yet, but you can can feel them getting stronger every year. Like um, also in cyclocross, it's so it's I think it's more easy to see the progress of the girls. Also with Blanca Fass, we we have in uh, Team SD Works now uh, for next year. You can see every year they are so much better, and that's that's great to see that they are growing so much. But yeah, it's also good that that. The girls who were always winning the races, uh, <laughs> um, so let's say that they are having difficulties now to win these races still, and and that means there is progress in women's cycling, and and hopefully it's every year even more that the young girls are coming up and that it's before the race we don't know who's winning the race. Um, that's really good. Can you maybe outline like a few reasons why you're deciding to retire now? Is one of them because you feel ready to sort of share your knowledge with, with the younger riders on, who are coming through? I think it's a feeling which is coming from the inside. Like I, I did, I trust my feeling basically on all my choices my whole career. And um, for being the best of yourself, you really need that motivation to be the best and to have goals in training and to have goals in races. Um, and I could feel it was getting less uh, the more races I won already. And that's something you need to want to be better, so let's say. Um, and if I, di- I, I didn't feel it all the time anymore. And when I was young, I just wanted to be better every time, every time, and every race again. Um, and like I said, if you only can lose the race, um, that's not the right motivation. So for me, I, I I still love racing and I like cycling a lot and I, I go out on my bike. But the motivation to really do everything to win that race was getting less. And for me, now was the right moment, I think, just to say I want something different in my life. And um, to become a sport director feels for me like really, I feel that excitement again, that, that something new is coming. Um, and so I did racing many years and now it's changing again and I try to always find that in cycling like when I did Cape Epic for me I think that was a good break to to go out and come back motivated again for the final part and 
And for me, this is uh, yeah something now which is making me excited again. And that's what you need to to achieve the best of you. When you compare like your feeling when you won your first Flesh Wallone to when you won your last one, do you did it kind of get to the point where you maybe weren't as excited to win you, at the end, or does the feeling ever go away of that happiness at the end? No, it's it's always good to win a race. I mean, it's it's still that it's why you train for the team is doing everything for it the sponsors are happy with it so a lot of people are happy when you win a race and and for yourself it's the best feeling because you cannot do better uh, but if i compare my first win with the last one it's yeah it's totally different i mean the first time i won it i was like this is not it's not possible i just won this race and the more times you win the race it's like you only can lose it so if you're still winning or maybe you're not winning anymore and that question is is totally different like the first years you keep surprising yourself and that that feeling after the race when i won it was like you really sometimes don't believe that you can do it again and then it happened again and in the final years it's just like doing it again uh, and otherwise you lose more so yeah it's totally different the first and last one and it it's beautiful how it went like every year being able to be on that top step seven times is enough it's good and i'm happy i, I yeah i changed something now and that for flash it uh, the road is open and somebody else will win it next year um so it will be really excited even though you had obviously some really good wins this season it was sort of a little, little bit up and down because you said like um before that you didn't maybe finish on like your strongest form do you kind of think that was because your your body was telling you that it was time it, it was almost a, a mental thing that was coming out physically it was physically because i i tried my best still in the end and, and i i really wanted to finish in a yeah in a way like i always um raced but that was not possible anymore and it was different for me i i never felt like this before that i could not do it when i wanted to do it um, but that was maybe also a good learning point also to be a sport director to to experience this and if I look back to my final season I think it's also it was also a highlight because it was one of my strongest season especially yeah in the beginning of the year and, and in the period of the Spanish races I, I felt really good um, I had a great training camp before that so uh, yeah actually I could win all my races at that period um, so it was a really a season with, with ups and in the end uh, a big down. But um, for me it was also fine because I knew, okay, it's, I, I will quit after the World Championship. And um, I tried my best there also for the girls who always helped me in important races. So I was happy that I still could go there. And the, re the reason why I was not at my best in the end, I, I never figured it out. For me, it's fine now. I mean, um, it's a good. It was a good timing to be less than ever. Um, yeah. What kind of things do you hope to teach the younger riders coming through in your new role as a DS? Like, what experiences and sort of tips do you think you will share with them? I, I think it's always good to have experience. Not not always to say like, uh, I did it in this way, so you need to do it also like this. But it's more you have experience in how they are feeling maybe and and you know how they are feeling at some points and you know how races are going 
I, I think that can help me just to give them the right advice or just to um, yeah to be there for them and um, for the rest I think everybody's different so I what I've learned is that that many people give you advice but in the end what is working best is where you feel the best with yeah they I think they just need to trust themselves and need to be uh, need to feel ready for for the important races and need to have a plan and and totally believe in this and um, and everybody's different so it's it's a challenge just to find out how you can help everybody in their own way I remember I spoke to Demi Vollering and she said you you helped her quite a lot um, you know with her development this year is there kind of any traits you see in younger riders where you think this is the kind of thing you need to be good at to become a champion what do you think what are some of those skills that you see in riders and you think this this person has so much potential like because of what what reasons it's it's always difficult to say because everybody is different mostly you see that they really try to be the best and and that if you speak to young riders that uh, they look shy in the beginning but if you ask the right questions that you realize hey they they really want a lot and and they really want to go to to the top of the field and um, I think if you feel it yourself that that you want to achieve it, then you're probably will be able to do it because you feel it's somewhere that you can do it. And and even if you cannot, it, it's it's good you try it and you try to be the best uh, in the races and and that you will be there. And that's something I think not everybody um, has that and not everybody can do it because yeah, you have, I mean. You have different riders. Everybody is different, and and some riders will not be in the top level uh, ever, and some will. And uh, that's the nice thing. I mean, everybody is trying it, and it's great that if you try and try and fall and try again, and and finally you will make it. And that's the best feeling in cycling that you achieve the things you're aiming for. And that that's not. That's not always winning the races. That can be a top 10 spot or that can be um, helping the leader in any kind of way. So it's it's always different for everybody. And you're becoming a DS at a really exciting time for women's cycling with the Tour de France um, starting next year and then we had Paris Bay this year. Do you ever feel like you'll be in the car maybe wishing you were racing at the Tour de France or are, are you happy with your choice? Yeah, for now I really feel like I'm excited to do it in the car and, and I'm really proud that we have these races, that they are finally on the calendar um, but doing it myself, yeah, I think I always had good races and, and it's good to see the development in women's cycling. And maybe, yeah, if I would have done one more year, I could do the race. But I think that will be like that in the future also. If you, I mean, that's life. <laughs> Things are coming. I think it's just I'm happy with the development of women's cycling that we have those races because it's something we all achieved, not only the riders, but everybody who is involved in women's cycling and is fighting for that. So I'm just happy that these races are on the calendar and hopefully um, also the races which exist already for many years, um, also in the period that women's cycling was not this popular, 
yeah, they also stay and they, they will get bigger. Do you think that's kind of the answer to growing women's cycling is having races like the Tour de France, which are the same as the men's? Or do you think that there's more potential in growing it as like a separate sport with different races? Yeah, I think we don't need to be straight away the same as, as men's. I mean, we are different and we have different fans, we have different sponsors. And as long as it, the races are well organized and are yeah good for women cycling then it's fine and it it does does not need to be the same straight away as as uh, men's cycling but we need development and that's something which is really going on now so that's good to see because sd works is quite unique in a way there is no men's team attached to it um do, is that do you think that's like a benefit or or is it sometimes more of a struggle for funding and things like that um i think it has uh it, it is a benefit sometimes and sometimes it's also more a struggle i think if you are the same if you work together with a men's team you also have the knowledge of the men's uh, you have maybe staff cars uh, really practical things you can use from a men's teams um but yeah, we are. The nice thing is, we are number one in in Team SD Works, and and there is no like um, balance between men and women. No, it's it's only us. It's the women's, and and they only want to have a women's team. So, um, and I think sometimes cycling is still about men cycling, and then it's nice to have a women team. And and for us, that's not the case. It's like. Uh, we are in the first place and we are happy to be able to do the sport and I never when I was young I, I didn't think so much about yeah men's cycling was more important or you can earn more money if you were a man or it's how it was and it's it's going into the right direction so that's already a big step and, and we are happy with the sport we are doing and if if some people like men's cycling more that that's fine. I mean, that that makes sense because it's longer on the television. It's it's more. It has more history. It's people are used to men cycling, but if you like women cycling, it's something different, and we are happy to do it. And I think everybody um, is happy with the big steps we are making at the moment already. So. And just as like a final question, now you've had time to look back on your career, can you pick that one race or that one moment which will kind of stay with you forever as like the most special point in your cycling career? <laughs> one, one point out of so many years is, is pretty difficult, I must say. And it's not only the victories which I will remember, it's, it's also more about persons and about... Uh, teams I was in of course but yeah if I need to pick one race I think a really special race for me was the world championship in Innsbruck because I tried so many times to be world champion and so many times it was just not enough and then in that race it was like almost too easy and it all went fine and I felt good and I became world champion for the first time and I think First times are always, um, yeah, I don't know. They feel different than the second or third time. So um, that race was really special for me. Anna van der Breggen talking to Rachel Jarry at Ruler Live. And you can read a longer interview with Anna in the latest edition of Ruler, which is arriving with subscribers very soon. 
Why, hello there. Podcast interruption alert, but I will only take a few short moments to say that if you're enjoying this podcast, you will love the regular magazine. So if you're not a reader already, then you can subscribe at ruler.cc for as little as £6 per month. If you don't speak Northern Irish, that's six times 100 pennies. And for the price of a few coffees, you get regular columns from the wonderful Ned Bolting, myself, Orla Shinnewy, and some of the very finest independent cycling journalism there is, all wrapped up in a wondrously beautiful publication. Go to ruler.cc. I'll leave you to it. Thanks, Ola. And while you're taking out a subscription, either for yourself or as an excellent Christmas present for somebody else, take a look around the Ruler store online for an unmatched collection of kit, clothing, accessories, books, prints, anything you could want from the best cycling brands in the world, all in one place. This is Ruler Conversations, brought to you by Lacquer, bicycle insurance powered by the community. So my name is Oren Peleg and I'm an investor in Lacquer. Three things that really caught my eye. The first one is, is they're looking to change the insurance industry, which is a very large industry and I think needs change. The second thing is, is I'm deeply passionate about getting people on two wheel. We need to address our congestion and pollution crisis and I believe that two wheels have a massive role to play in that. And the third thing is, I can see a growing trend around companies building on the strong communities that they have. And I think Lacquer's business model in the way they tap into the community of cyclists is something that's very much on trend at the moment. Steve Cummings rode his last professional race in 2019, bringing to an end a career that saw him win Olympic and Commonwealth medals, Grand Tour stages and national championships. Last year was his first as a development director and coach with his former team, Ineos Grenadiers. So far, it's been a positive experience. Good, you know, a steep learning curve. Uh, I've enjoyed it. It's very challenging at times. But... um, gives me a lot of satisfaction as well so pretty good place to learn I think I think a lot of people assume that you know if you've been a top level rider you can just walk into a DS job and it's it's pretty much the same thing you just need to tell the riders what to do but um, you're saying it's a it, there's a, a big difference and there's a lot of learning to be done yeah I think it's one thing understanding the race I think it's an absolutely different thing trying to communicate that and trying to get people to understand a vision and share a vision, like a tactical, and also understand what they think and, and why they think. So I'm see- all of a sudden I've gone from seeing the race from my perspective to seeing the race from, or trying to see the race from all the riders' perspectives, and it, it's different. So that, that's been it's, it requires a lot more thinking. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and there's quite a few young riders on Ineos. Do they have you found it easy to uh, kind of motivate them? Do they? look up to you as someone that they can trust <laughs> you'd have to ask them uh, i hope so that'd be nice uh, that'd be a nice idea but um yeah ultimately they're there to do a job and i think they'll look up to you if you're re- credible and reliable and consistent really and um that's what i try to bring and yeah share my experience but not also be afraid to to try and learn from them as well because uh, 
you've always got to keep learning. This season and probably the season before seemed a bit of a period of change for Ineos as well because we saw them kind of behaving differently in racing, racing uh, differently as well than they had in the past. Yeah, no, I think that's, re- that's really exciting and um, they've been so successful over the years, particularly the Tour, Froome, G, Egan, and dominated really for, for like the last decade. And then all of a sudden... We don't have the favourite of the race anymore at, at the moment. Let's hope that changes over time, but at the moment we don't. We don't have as much responsibility to control, which allows us more opportunity to perhaps be more aggressive and take, take a little bit more risk. And um, the team is evolving, you know, so that's quite nice, quite exciting, I think, if you're a cycling supporter, yeah. What should we be looking out for next year in terms of new riders, in terms of, in terms of changes? What are you excited about? I think having a, uh, hopefully having a a larger impact um you know you very much go in you don't have relationships with everyone so that takes time to build and you need those strong relationships to have a bigger impact so hopefully next year we can do that we can continue to race aggressively which i think we did really well at the start of the year particularly and um yeah exploring that space is really exciting for the team are there occasions when you're you know briefing riders before a race or you're sitting in the car or whatever during the race um, are there occasions when you wish you were actually back on your bike and in there riding totally honestly I haven't had that too, that many but at the Tour de France there's a few times there's certain scenarios and you're like oh, I wish I was on the bike in the best form I'd do this and do that and yeah so then you miss it but they're, they're, they were the days you know but uh, you also there's many many days where it's the other way around it's raining and, and the crashing and it's horrible and you yeah you absolutely wouldn't want to be on the bike so um it's the way it is isn't it you have to move on <laughs> steve cummings and that's it for this ruler conversations there'll be a tech podcast along next week Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.